When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us now on the line to talk some football. I actually told this man he'd be talking to Ricardo, but he's got a nice surprise talking to me. It's David Choate. David, how are you? Always a pleasant surprise. No problem. Yeah, I'm well. Oh, that's good. Uh, mate, start, we're going to talk some uh, Premier League to start off with, and I thought we'd love to start talking some uh, Chelsea. They're scoring goals, but uh, they could only manage a two-all draw with Everton today. Yeah, I wish you wouldn't. Uh, early start <laughs> for me this morning to watch my beloved Chelsea. And uh, same old, same old, uh, just disappointment again for Chelsea as they were pipped at the last minute. So it was early on the TV for me and a bit of abuse flying that way early <laughs> in the morning this morning with uh, with that Chelsea side. As you say, two goals uh, is good news at Stamford Bridge. They haven't been easy to come by, but conceding and conceding again late uh, to uh, see them just still flounder around the middle of the uh, middle of the pack. Good for Everton, though. Good point for them away from home. Everton fans will be pleased. They'll be seeing uh, their side showing some fight because they're in a real dogfight to get out of that relegation zone. Yeah. Did your TV survive the morning by any chance? <laughs> um, it, it was a fairly sort of grumpy start to the day, that's for sure. Uh, the football was reasonable from Chelsea. They knocked it round well in the first 45. Uh, no goals to show for it. Second half came alive with goals. Uh, got themselves in front, got pegged back got themselves in front and then just got pipped at the end. So she was a pretty grim watch if you're a Chelsea fan, but uh, I suppose uh, that's been the tale of the tape for Chelsea this season, just hadn't been able to string any really res- results together to get themselves even close to those European spots. Were you as grumpy as Antonio Conte was this morning? <laughs> probably a little less grumpy than Antonio Conte. <laughs> I mean, there's one thing worse than being a, a Chelsea fan right now. It's probably being a Spurs fan because they're in the... Uh, enviable position from my perspective of being uh, in a chance at that top four, a chance at Champions League football. But every time they give themselves a chance, they shoot themselves in the foot. And uh, again, they gave away to bottom of the table, uh, Southampton, um, uh, two points. Two points they can hardly afford because Newcastle look for me like uh, favourites to go above them and maybe take that fourth spot. Yeah, they do. So they've got the two, came, two games in hand over Tottenham and only two points behind. Uh, Liverpool also two games back from Chelsea, but they are seven points, if my maths is correct. So both those teams in the mix. And quickly as well, you being a Chelsea man probably would have been a bit disappointed seeing uh, them drawing against Real Madrid for the quarterfinals of the Champions League too. Yeah, that draw was a tough one, wasn't it? For the English side, it means that the English side stay on one side of the draw. Therefore, there will be no chance for City and Chelsea to go through. To go through, one of them will knock each other out, but they've got big asks before that. Uh, yeah, that's the toughest of draws for Chelsea, and it's their only real chance of uh, finding themselves back in European football next season. To do so, they're going to have to get over um, what looks like almost an insurmountable hurdle. Funnier things have happened uh, with Chelsea particularly, but uh, you'd be an optimist to say that you're looking forward to that match. Surely Chelsea, though, are in the mix for that uh, that, that great trophy. Was it at the, Europea- the European Conference League title? Surely they'll be in the mix for that next season. <laughs> well, the Conference League, yeah, that's sort of um, 
yeah, not not the most glamorous of uh, tournaments. Chelsea though will take anything they can get at the moment to spend up large in the uh, in the season uh, and in the summer in the summer break. Um, haven't really found their best eleven, I don't think. Uh, Chelsea fans, I think, can uh, write this season off uh, as uh, one of rebuilding. And, uh, of course, at the bottom half of, of the table, so I'm going to say everyone below Chelsea at the moment because technically Chelsea are on the top half, being 10th. Uh, there was a bit of a few results there interesting this morning seeing uh, Leeds United score four against Wolves. Uh, Aston Villa, probably that 3-0 win over uh, Bournemouth probably means that probably going to be a bit of an ask for Bournemouth to stay up after the, the end of the season. Well, I reckon you can look at the bottom nine teams. So you can probably say Chelsea and Aston Villa are, are, are safe. But those sides from Crystal Palace down, 27 points back to 24 puts you into the uh, relegation zone where West Ham sit. West Ham, Bournemouth and Southampton, the bottom three. I don't think it will stay that way for the rest of the season. But uh, there are some sides that are perilously close and not in great neck. I think about Forest. I think they're in difficulty. Palace, who sacked their manager midweek, they're in difficulty. Leeds got a tremendous result to get themselves out of it. Um, as I said, nine teams are going to be battling right through to the end of the season by the looks of it. So Crystal Palace, Wolves, Leeds, Everton, Nottingham Forest, Leicester, West Ham, Bournemouth, Southampton fans. You're in for a, uh, a dynamic end of the season because it'll be uh, all on, I think, right to the death. It's like, it's like you're reading it. You nailed it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a um, fascinating league. It's a league of two tables, really. You, you, you go to that top 11, and uh, there's a gap of, what is it, sort of uh, eight points. Then you get that bottom nine. So uh, those sides in the middle, and I put Aston Villa, Chelsea, Fulham and co, probably start playing for uh, next season. Nothing really to play for. Still a fight for the top four, but that relegation battle looks the most uh, difficult of uh, battles to pick. Is, is Roy Hodgson, though, really going to be the saviour for Crystal Palace? Yeah, I read that. Um, and 75, is he? 70, oh, yeah, he's... I think he's 75 years of age. He's certainly a, uh, a an experienced head, and he has done a good job for them in the past. Um, who knows? But uh, Roy Hodgson could be the manager back at Crystal Palace, having uh, let go um, of their manager midweek. Palace need to get someone in the chair because uh, they are in free fall at the moment, and their goal difference is horrible. They've conceded way too many goals, negative 13, and that puts them amongst the sort of three or four worst in the league. Uh, quite a bit of a... Some of the teams, of course, not playing due to the FA Cup, and one of them being Manchester City. Vincent Company, who's the manager of Burnley, they went uh, to uh, Manchester and got six, got hit for six. Erling Haaland, another hat-trick. Back-to-back hat-tricks for Haaland. 42 goals this season, or thereabouts. Uh, phenomenal strike rate. What a player he's... Uh, and the signing he's turned out to be for Man City. But uh, you're right, they've got themselves through to the... Uh, semi-finals of the FA Cup. Then you've got Sheffield and Blackburn. That's a really tight one. Two championship sides only separated by three uh, three spots in the table at the top group of that championship. So that should be a really tightly fought battle. Then you've got the giant killers Grimsby going up against Brighton. 76 spots between those two teams. So if Grimsby get up there, they should be paying plenty. But uh, you'd say Brighton almost a banker. And then Man United Fulham. I think that goes to Man United, which means that... Uh, the red side of Manchester can still look forward to a trophy. And the FA Cup is still a glamorous trophy. And, of course, we get our Kiwi playing for uh, Grimsby Town as well in goal. Yeah, exactly. So uh, 
a chance once again to see if uh, they can pull off a massive upset. It'd be huge, though, to be the Brighton side that are a good side. Um, they're not like a, a side that's battling at all. Brighton are in cruise control. Grimsby already with one scalp under their, under their belt, and there was a fabulous photo uh, from the last round of um, our Kiwi keeper falling to his knees. But uh, I don't know if he'll get the chance to do the same this time around. It'd be a massive upset. You'd have to be uh, brave, and I mean really brave, to back Grimsby in this one. Yeah, totally. And uh, David, before we let you go, moving back locally, the Wellington Phoenix got a bit of a, a pumping there on Friday night, didn't they, at the hands of Adelaide United? Yeah, wasn't much of a watch. That was a, a bit of a late night to sit up and watch them uh, capitulate, really. Uh, Ollie Sale wouldn't want his new Perth side to see, to see the highlights reel because it wasn't <laughs> a, a pretty performance by Ollie Sale. Luckily, he'd done his deal before they saw that. Uh, first goal particularly a horror, but not a great night for Ollie Sale. Uh, equally, uh, they missed Zavada up front, their talisman, just shows how much they rely on the, the big centre forward. Uh, Costa Barbarossa for possibly the miss of the season, if that you was haven't incredible. seen it. Um, yeah, yeah, very hard to miss from there, and he managed to hit it, hit the post. Um, so, uh, yeah, very difficult. Harder to miss than score, you'd have to think. Wasn't their night, but it was a result that sort of you saw coming. I thought they were a bit lucky in their last two 1 0 victories that they sort of took the points. It was flattering. Uh, this result brought them back down to earth with a thud. It certainly did, and it probably doesn't help as well with kind of the future of Ufuk Tele kind of hanging up over the club as well. I know a couple of those guys, Yugargovic, uh, Clayton Lewis, and uh, Ollie Sale, as you mentioned, have kind of said that they're, they're gone, And but there's still no word about Tele. And David Dome spoke with Daniel McCarty yesterday, and he said that apparently he's weighing up offers overseas. He said Europe and Asia uh, he kind of hopes, of course, Talley would let the club know before the end of the season. But do you think that will be playing on, on the club's mind at all? Oh, it'll be playing on the club's mind. It's not sure the team, um, but they'll be in the moment. They'll be trying to get themselves. They sit fifth at the moment in the top six. Pretty comfortably in the sixth, but uh, getting into that fourth position would be uh, uh, the, the aim, I'm sure. It gives them the home semi-final opportunity. Um, yeah, Talley's uh, future at the club looks shaky at best. He's a coach who has ambition to do more in the game, and why not? He's young enough. This was his first managerial post. He's done a good job. He missed the all-whites position, which I think would have been a bit of a uh, a bit of a body blow for him. It's probably uh, settled in his mind. His future may well lie offshore. The Phoenix would do the best to hold on to him, but I think his ambition might outstrip their uh, their willingness to try and keep him. Do you think do you think a potential new club by the name of uh, Auckland A something Auckland A League uh, could be, could be in the, I know they're a few years away, but I don't don't I'm quite curious to get your thoughts on on the possibility of an Auckland team returning to the A League. Unthinkable a few years ago. Remember, we've had a couple of cracks in the yeah. in the Auckland region to get sides up and underway, but it's a different environment now. I really like it. I like the idea of there being another A League side in New Zealand. You'll get a local derby, which would be fantastic. Again, it gives an opportunity for more players to be playing professional football, uh, stepping up out of the National League. The likes of Tim Payne have managed it uh, and others. Um, so so you'd have to say it's got to be good for the game to get a higher standard. Hell of an ask financially. So you need uh, a consortium or, or some, uh, some donors who are willing to uh, commit for a long period of time because I think the Phoenix journey has been one of many years and stability is... Um, a hard thing to maintain so it'll take some planning it'll take a, a group of people getting together but 
in the end, I would say that's a good result for New Zealand football. Yeah, I, I said that if I'd won Lotto last night, I would have invested in the club and I would have called it Road Cone AFC and made the colours orange to represent <laughs> all the road cones around Auckland at the moment. But I didn't, and that's why I'm here just dreaming of potentially running a football club like that one day. But uh, David Cho, thank you so much for your time and talking some football with me and not Ricardo. Uh, always great to get your insight. Yeah, no, great pleasure. Always happy to talk the round ball.